Welcome, everybody, to a very special edition of the DC Tweet Team podcast. I am your host, Andy, and today I am privileged to say that I am joined by none other than Kelsey Nicole Nelson, newly appointed staff member of the Washington football team. Kelsey, how are you? Thank you for joining me on this very special edition of the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Let me tell you, it's a true honor. I always see the content. So to finally get my chance to be on, I'm a happy person. Thanks again so much for inviting me. Uh, you're more than welcome. So it's obviously been a busy few weeks for yourself, Kelsey, and women involved in general in the NFL. Obviously, you're a newly appointed staff member uh, to the Washington football team hosting the show, The Fit and The Life. Uh, how excited are you to be doing that? And how did that opportunity come about? Oh my gosh. Well, first, yeah. I, I mean, what a time to be a woman in sports, first of all. I mean, just it, it's 2020 and it's crazy to me to think that we still have first happening. But the exciting thing for me, Andy, is to think that these first hopefully won't be the last. And they'll be something that becomes the new normal. As we know, women have for long should have been involved in football, but seeing them and I'm big in representation. You know, I hope everyone looked at the, the past weekend's game with Washington football team, the Cleveland Browns. And I hope so many little girls across the world said I could do that, too, because, again, I don't want them to be the last one there but I will say joining the Washington football team has been awesome joining Julie Donaldson staff and she's incredible I know you've had her on the show and I get to obviously work with her um, and just the change that's happening in Washington I mean Washington I don't know if people know this have has one of the largest woman fan bases right so people yeah. support the team they love this team and growing up in the area you know I have grown up with this team I'm born and bred in the DMV area so you know I mean Washington football is something that's near and dear to my heart because I've followed it now for 28 years yes I'm putting my age out there you know, so it's been incredible to be, to be a part of. And for me, you know, it's been great because I worked in the D.C. area pretty much for most of my life, except when I briefly lived in Charlotte when I was working for NASCAR. And so I've covered every professional sport here. I cover the college sports here doing sideline reporting. And then I went to school here in Maryland and Georgetown. So I've really grown my career here, grown my fan base here, obviously made great acquaintances here. Um, and and it was great for the op opportunity to really come to me um, from the Washington football team. And of course, I'm not going to turn that down. That's a hometown. I'm a hometown girl. <laughs> it's a hometown dream. And so it was perfect for me because it's what I've always wanted to do. I, I think, and I, and I love the UK, Andy, don't take this wrong, but I think there's no place better than the nation's capital and the DMV area. So to be able to continue my career here and give back to the people I love and the people I know, it, it's truly special for me. Yeah, no, it's been brilliant. Obviously, I enjoy that. A lot of us, we watched a lot of the content that you put out. Um, obviously, you touched on it there. This past Sunday, we had um, three women involved in an NFL game. Uh, we had Jennifer King. Um, we had uh, Callie Brownson and Sarah Thomas as an official. What message did that send out that uh, the NFL had these women involved this past Sunday? It shows, I think, that the NFL gets it. I think it shows, again, that you know, progress has been made. And of course, again, I think this should have happened many years ago. But the fact that we had three women, two on each sideline and an official that's a female, it, it shows that representation matters. It shows that diversity matters. And it shows that the NFL is trying to be with the times and trying to progress. And it's been it's just been great. Obviously, Jennifer King working on Washington's team. And even before I joined Washington's team, I had her on. And I think Jennifer's story especially, you know, personally relates to me because she's also a black woman. And to be a black female in that position, especially, I think is tremendous. Tremendous. Um, and then, you know, obviously um, just having, I mean, on both sidelines and I just thought about it, I've been on sidelines, Andy, for a good amount of my career. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I obviously have not seen that. And so Sunday for me was a moment in time. It's, it's truly one of those games that I'll never forget. And I think what Sarah Thomas is doing and has been doing, I mean, again, I think women officials and officiating is so, so huge. And I think 
to continue to create that pipeline. You know, football, of course, we, we see men playing it, but there should be no reason why a female can't officiate. There should be no reason why a female can't be coaching. I'm so excited to see the trajectory for Sarah Thomas, for um, Jennifer King, and also obviously for Callie Brownson, and especially what she's doing with the Browns as the chief of staff. I think it's huge because, again, they're going to create a pipeline. And I think what all of them are doing is continuing to put a crack in the glass ceiling that so many women have been trying to break down for a long time. So hopefully soon it won't surprise people because it'll be the new norm, Andy. Hopefully soon we'll see many women on the sidelines. And I think also this game had a female sideline reporter. So talk about just the power of women in this game. You know, it was it was truly special, truly magical. And I think the NFL hopefully sees the reaction it got. And I hope that this will uh, occur more. I hope many teams looked at this and said, hey, and again, I, I'm advocating for the best person to get the job, but I also want everybody to get a fair shot, at least at an interview, to get these type of positions um, in sports. Yeah, I mean, why do you think it's taken so long, Kelsey, for women to get this opportunity in the NFL? And what do you think's changed so much that they now are getting the opportunity? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, unfortunately, women for a long time, you know, have been seen. I still get the question, Andy, oh, my gosh, you like sports. And then when I'm talking to some males, well, wow, you know, more sports than me. I grew up in sports. It shouldn't matter that I'm a female. I want to talk sports yeah. with you, right? Like when I talk sports with people, Andy, I see them. I see them for who they are. I, I don't talk sports with people because they look like me. No, I talk to all types of people because I love sports. And that's honestly why I love the power of sports. But as we know, in this country, women's voting rights came later. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, I mean, and then this country has dealt with a lot you know we've known about sexism we've known about racism and so you know we're trying we have that history and you can never forget your history you can never forget where you come from but I think moving forward unfortunately the needle has just been so slow again because I think there's some people Andy that are stuck in the old norms right and for so long the NFL has been like you know the old boys club right yep. so it's been more of the same of what it is and so for females it's hard to one get that opportunity and chance and then when you get that opportunity and chance you know I think we're seeing at a different level we have to be perfect at it because if we're not perfect at those opportunities you might be shutting the door unfortunately for females who hopefully will come behind you and so i think it's you know the times are changing um i think the current movement that's happening in America is helping to propel some of the things that we're seeing. Um, I think people are just sick and tired of being sick and tired. But mm -hmm. I think I think finally, I can say this in 2020, I think finally, you know, women are being seen more for our qualifications and not our exteriors uh, just as females. And I think it's far too long, far overdue. But again, it, it, we're moving slowly, but I'd rather have some progress than no progress. But I'm also for fully making sure that this progress speeds up because again, it's long overdue and it, it's been time for this type of thing to happen and so again what they did I, I i think they all realized the importance of it but that can't be the only moment i don't want that to be the only time we need to make sure that again this is the new normal that it happens more and that eventually i hope this happens for every nfl team yeah it's like i saw a few things on sunday obviously with these ladies being involved in the game and it was we need to get to that stage where it isn't like headline news it's just like oh well yep there's three ladies like officiating or being coaches who's to say in three four five years time we won't have a head coach running an nfl team that is female i mean Ooh, like that's if, exciting to think about <laughs> if you're good enough for the job then you should be able to right. do it right i mean exactly what are the differences now obviously did you encounter when you first started out in your career like you say you've been reporting on sports for years and years and years did you find it hard to break into the industry at start purely a because you're a woman and be because you were black 
Yes, that's a great question. It's something I've never shied away from. You know, I think right now, Andy, in this country, we're kind of having this racial awakening where more people are talking about race than ever before. But for me, it's nothing It's nothing that's unnormal. You know, mm -hmm. I'm reminded every day here that I am a black woman. And let me tell you, I wouldn't trade that for the world. No, I am proud to be you. a black woman. Um, but yes, I've, I've had those challenges, you know, because many black women will tell you, you know, we're kind of seeing, unfortunately, as that double negative sometimes being a female. And we know how females are are often paid less, uh, you know, than their male counterparts, but then being African-American too, you know, we know about the struggle of, of black people in this country since the times uh, when the first slaves arrived in this country, right? And so we're still trying to, you know, play catch up. And, you know, I wasn't born into a family that was fully wealthy. Um, and, and far early on in my career, I was told that I couldn't be doing what I'm doing simply because of, of what I look like, um, you know, and that people like me didn't do the things that I wanted to be. And honestly, that's why I got into it. I wanted it to be more. Um, and I'm a person that's always loved a challenge, but you know, I have, I have multiple stories, you know, unfortunately, and it's sad. And, you know, and, and honestly, I don't say that for, for pity or anything. I say it because it needs to be shared because I hope that younger women coming up, especially younger black women, even younger black males don't have to face the same things. And of course, people before me faced way more, but you know, one of the groups I'm a part of is the National Association of Black Journalists. And it's for this very reason, because, you know, we're trying to push the needle, make sure there is more diversity in newsrooms, make sure that we do get paid um, the same amount on the dollar as our counterparts. But but, you know, when there's not been somebody that looks like you before, I think mm -hmm. it's sometimes hard for people to even envision that. And so I think for me, my path has been a lot longer <laughs> than some, um, just because I think I'm, I, I've been overlooked for a long time. And so I'm one of those people, I, you know, I, I think most people describe me as like the hardest working person and in DC or the DMV. And I, and I wouldn't say there's many hard workers, but I think people know, like, you know, I've known I've had to push harder. I've known I kind of had to be quote unquote perfect to finally get a chance and an opportunity um, at getting my career goals and, and reaching my dream job because I want people to see me for me and that my qualifications speak for itself. Um, but unfortunately, that hasn't always been the case because some people, unfortunately, Andy can't get past my skin tone. And, you know, I just like to say, hey, I just have a bit more melanin. You know, it's nothing wrong with that. At the <laughs> end of the day, we're all the same on the inside, right? Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, there's some people, unfortunately, that they just can't see past what you look like. And I think that's why, you know, currently in this country, again, we're having these difficult conversations. We see how, we see how, you know, this country has kind of shifted forward since the unfortunate killing of George Floyd. Yep. We're still fighting for justice for Breonna Taylor. You know, there's still some people that unfortunately don't want athletes to, to voice their opinions when they're yep. black in America, which is a completely different experience than anyone else, you know, in America. But again, it's one that I think has made me who I am, Andy, who it, it's challenged me. But it's also now why I'd say I can't be broken because, you know, I've been through a lot. But, you know, I, I know why I'm here and what I stand for. And again, I hope I'm an example for so many that are were told like me that they couldn't do what I'm doing to know that you can do it too. just push forward and keep fighting. Yeah. hundred percent. Very well said. Um, Kelsey, who are your influences then? Like when you're trying to get into the, into the industry and like of being where you are now, a very, very good sports reporter, very good broadcaster who influenced you when you were trying to break into the industry. Like you've just mentioned there, the struggles you had a being a woman, a being a, uh, a black woman who influenced you and really pushed you to to get into the industry and give it everything you've got. 
Yeah, that's a great question. So I'll tell you this, my line name, I'm in a sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority. My line name is OWN. Of course, that stands for Oprah Winfrey Network. Oprah was truly one of my idols in broadcasting. I, I was that kid that loved watching the news, loved watching Oprah's talk show and what she did. And especially since Oprah has Mississippi roots, I have Mississippi roots. Um, I just thought what doing was, and she touched here actually in the Maryland area working in Baltimore, you know, Oprah broke so many barriers and showed that woman of color, and especially when you look at people of color, a, a dark-skinned woman of color um, can make and fearless and effortlessly and galvanize a nation, a world around her. So she was always one I've loved. Robin Roberts, when you talk about class and professionalism and just one of the best to do it, she's another. And then in sports broadcasting, you know, Jamel Hill, Carrie Champions, um, you know, just those women who, who set the tone and set the standard, you know, Elle Duncan. I mean, there's so many, even now I'd say Maria Taylor, there's so many women, you know, knocking on that glass door. Um, you know, and it's just been for me just lucky. And then even I, and not even just females, you know, Mike Hill, Stuart Scott, I mean, so many broadcasters, Andy, that came before, before me that I think, and I've always loved the power of storytelling. I think that storytell in a way that really captiva captivates an audience and you learn something. And so for me, I've been drawn to just so many. I like to think my style is just learning from so many others, but making it unique. Uh, you know, those are the ones that come off the top of my mind as people I've just always followed and admired their work and still admire the work they do because they're, you know, they're who they are for a reason. I think they've set the standard in the industry. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what do you think that sport can do in general? Not just the NFL. Obviously, you cover a lot of sport. You do the NFL, you do the NBA, you do the, yeah. uh, the women's basketball. You do so much. Obviously, I follow all your content. And on, <laughs> what you said earlier, no one's ever going to get into an argument with sport over you. I wouldn't dream it. I would get destroyed. And, you know, that's, that's nothing to be ashamed of because, you know, oh, a woman... This woman knows her stuff. I mean, what do you think that sport uh, can do? NFL, NBA, soccer, what do you think they can do more of to encourage more people like yourself to go into the role that you're now in? Yeah, that's another great question, Andy. See, this is why you're doing this show. You're, you're yeah, phenomenal. I've, I've been watching you. I've been learning. <laughs> you're phenomenal at your job. And, you know, I, I think sports can do a great deal. I think they have to realize, you know, their quote-unquote weaknesses. So, for instance, I know hockey, the NHL, they have a Hockey is for Everyone program where they're actually going into urban communities, more minority communities, and introducing the sport of hockey that way. And, of course, in these communities, there usually aren't ice rinks, right? But they're teaching them more street hockey with uh, the hopes and dreams that these trans transferable skills can get them um, into hockey. Uh, NASCAR, I worked for NASCAR, and Andy, I'm sure you can tell I'm probably not your typical NASCAR employee or NASCAR uh, fan. Definitely I, <laughs> <laughs> but I got into NASCAR through their diversity internship program, and that's how I was introduced to the sport. That's such a phenomenal way to do it. The PGA Tour also has a diversity internship program. It's introducing these communities, these marginalized communities, to opportunities in sports. I think it's so vital. It's so pivotal. I know there's a good amount of organizations, NFL, you know, they have programs with HBCUs where students from historically black colleges and universities can be introduced to these, you know, frontier sports jobs. The NCAA can do the same type of thing. So I think it's just making sure that you have relationships, long lasting relationships with these communities. And Andy, at the end of the day, it goes to creating a pipeline. And I'd say making sure that you talk with leaders of that community, see what, see where the problems are, see why there aren't, there isn't more diversity, you know, within your organization. And also, Andy, I challenge people 
people. Don't let it take the death of a of a black person for for you to try to be more open and reach out to different communities or put out an equity statement, right? This should be something that's that's always happening. That's happening year round because I you know I, I I would rather you you know be not reactionary, but I guess be more precautionary if I can say that and be you know forward thinking because I've always been that person. If 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 everyone in the room looks like you, then you're in the wrong room. You always want people yeah. to challenge you. You always want different thought and perspective. And that's why for me, it's been great that I've been blessed to travel the world and connect with so many people. And guess what? These sports leagues have a lot of money. Travel, connect with people, meet yeah. in these communities, go to these schools, right? make sure that there's partnership, talk with these teachers, you know, see what these students want to do. And if there's, a, if there's an interest, make sure that you're doing all that you can to provide them the resources so that they hopefully can one day join your great organization. Yeah, I mean, you touched on it there about the George Floyd thing. A lot of people have said to me, oh, well, this George Floyd thing's opened a lot of doors for uh, a lot of people. And I'm like, no, that something like that shouldn't have, it shouldn't open doors. It's made, yes, it's made people more aware, but these doors should already be open. It shouldn't take the death of a black man in America to open doors for people like yourself and other people. These doors in 2020 should already be open. So yeah, George Floyd's, he's heightened the, uh, obviously it's been broadcast around the, around the world and the unfortunate thing that happened to him, which was a terrible terrible thing but these doors should always already in the in the in the in the world that we're living in now these doors should already be open for like yourself kelsey for anyone that will any young girls any like uh young black women that want to get involved in in sport or in anything in life these doors should already be open shouldn't they it shouldn't take something like george floyd to to make that common knowledge if that makes sense Exactly. Like some for some companies, you know, they're they're just now creating, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion positions, right? Like they are they're just now doing DEI training. Or they're just now saying, you know what, we need a person of color in this room. Well, again, like you said, it shouldn't take the unfortunate us having to watch, you know, the eight minutes and 46 seconds that the officer's yeah. knee was on George Floyd's neck for you to realize that. It shouldn't take, you know, you having literally your black employees coming to work, just not even being able to work because they're just, they've had to see this. They've had to witness this. Many have their own experiences, you know, with police brutality or just racial injustice in general. It should be something that's always forward thinking because you as a company should be trying to get stronger. And that's one of the things, again, we can't be, we can't just be reactionary to, to negative things that happen. Um, um, because again, that means you're not moving the needle forward and that, you know, all of a sudden you're trying to get on the wave. We'll, we'll be before the wave. That That's my thing. And and make sure, again, that you have different thought in the room and that everybody does not look the same. Because if that's the case, America's pretty diverse. If everyone looks the same, it's <laughs> going to be hard for you to, you know, to reach into certain communities. So I, I think, if anything, I hope that was a wake-up call. And I also, Andy, really hope that what we're seeing isn't just something that's trendy now and people are just doing it because everyone else is doing it. I really hope it's long-lasting and people see that there was a problem and that we can address the problem now and make it better for the future. Because if anything, we at least have to look at our young children now and babies being born and hopefully create a brighter future for them yeah i mean i've made this point to a few people i had a chat with a few work colleagues and friends and you know i like you know i've got i've got a little girl she's only like she's now she's just turned she's eight years old yes. and um it's if you raise your kids right and you don't you don't teach them anything like that was taught like you say back in the day with racism mm -hmm. they're then going to teach their kids who are then going to teach their kids and that's one way that you will eventually get rid of racism yes you'll probably have the odd person that you know unfortunately they're going to be an idiot and they're going to be racist but if we raise our kids right and if like you know your friends raise their, raise their kids right and that gets passed along for generations because you know right. racism right things like racism started somewhere you know your granddad mm -hmm. and then you you know you're their their parents 
parents and you know it all starts somewhere so if you know i'm now doing that with my daughter she's next she won't be brought up that way she'll just see people as people and if everyone can do that in the world eventually in 40 50 60 70 years time that will just pass on from generation down to generation and yeah. you know opportunities will be there for everyone Yes, well said. And I think what me and you are doing right now, Andy, is the perfect example. We're two very different people from different backgrounds. Look what sport has done. It's brought us together. And I see you as the great broadcaster you are. You see me <laughs> as the same thing. And that's what it is. And you have such a beautiful daughter. And I'm so excited, you know, hearing what you're saying. And that's what it is. You know, like, just treat people like people. That's all yeah. people want. Don't see skin color. The just see the people at the end of the day. We're people. We're people, right? Like, I want people to be drawn to me because they like my aura, my personality, or what I do. I, you know, I, I don't. And I and I shouldn't deter people simply because my skin is darker. Like that's foolishness, right? It's, yep. it's something so trivial, but you know, I have hope hand Andy, I have hope and faith, you know, that we'll move forward. And, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm so excited to be in my position and I hope, you know, to all the girls out there, especially looking at, they can see that they can do it too. Yeah. I mean, what changes would you make within sport or in society in general, just so more women like yourself uh, and more young girls, um, more black women, more just women in general? Because, you know, it's just such a powerful thing that's happened last Sunday in the NFL. And that's why I wanted to do do this show. I mean, what changes would you make? Obviously, you've gone through the system now and, you know, you've got to a certain position in life where, you know, it's all good. But like you say, it hasn't always been like that for you. So what changes would you make? So if like a, a young Kelsey back in the day, was now coming into the system what would be different yeah you keep bringing out the fire questions andy i love it <laughs> you know it's so important but i'd say first representation matters so they i think that's why i was so happy i think i went on pretty much so many different sports news sites and they all had the pictures of those three women together i think seeing is believing and making sure that's why i love social media right now because you can easily spread that message but i think also we have to create pipelines it goes back to creating pipelines um you know making sure that we're working with women's groups women's nonprofits, making sure that people understand that you know we want women and women are welcome because it's one thing to say, oh, yes, we'll hire women for this job. But it's another to nurture that relationship. Right. Because you're working with the Girl Scouts of America. Yeah, most definitely. Are you, you know what I mean? Are you working with, oh, you know, there's a woman. Can you still hear me? Can you still hear me, Andy? Yeah, sorry, just cut out there. You're the, yeah, carry on, sorry. Okay, no problem. <laughs> no problem. It's one thing, you know, to, it's, you have to nurture these relationships, right? It's one thing to say we want to work with women, but it's another thing to say, you know what, we want longstanding withholding relationships with these women. And I think that's when you partner with your Girl Scouts of America. This is when you partner with your woman, uh, you know, your association of women in sports media, awesome, which I'm a part of. You find different avenues and outlets where women are, because look, they're there, Andy. If you don't yeah. see them, you're not searching, you're not looking. Don't tell me they're not there. And again, I think if you look at the NFL, especially in general, and I'll just use them as an example, about 51% of their fans are females. <laughs> so yeah. if you don't have that represented in your league structure, and I think everything should look like that, right? Like the NBA is majority African-American. Why aren't there, you know, more people of color in executive roles? Again, that's a problem because I do think, you know, everything should be reflective. It, it just really should be. And again, it goes back to the diversity of thought. And so there's so many different ways you can connect with colleges and universities. Many females from there obviously want to get into sports and that's kind of where you nurture your sports. Um, you know, your, 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 desire to be to work in the sports profession. And so it's just understanding your community, reaching out to them, 
Um, and again, making these long-standing relationships and the women will come. It's quite simple. The women will come making sure you give them an equal chance at an interview, you know, making sure before you close the job, you're not just asking people who look like you, but you're asking all types of people. So you can make sure you get the best candidate for the job, making sure the message is pushed on all types of social media. I mean, there's so many different ways I can dig into, but I think now more than ever, because of technology, Andy, it's easier to reach the person that you're trying to reach. Yeah, 100%. And you've only got to look at the Washington football team and all the bad press that we had at the start of the season. Oh, the, yes. cu- the culture, uh, you know, we don't, we're not going to go into it too much because everyone knows what press mm-hmm. we got in, you know. And the fact that, you, you know, yourself, Judy Donison's now there who I've spoke to and is a lovely woman. And the fact that what I appreciate more than anything as a fan more than anything as well, and like, you know, someone has got to know you over the past few months is the interaction between yourself and Julie is towards the fans it's unbelievable you know back in the, maybe a year two seasons ago you wouldn't have had that interaction with people from the organization so just to, like you say just the fact that me and you are sitting here doing this speaks volumes for how far yeah. how far the washington organizations come when you say yeah, I, I'd say it's transparency now, right? I think that's what it comes down to, you know, and the fans are given this look at inside truly what's happening with the organization and they're part of the process. And I'll tell you this, Andy, being from the area, I know how near and dear that old team name was to some. I'll tell you, there are some people here in Washington who said they won't support the team now because that name. And think about it, how old this team is and think about how many people have grown up with it. Um, and, you know, but I think now some people are beginning to open their eyes and see, you know what? That name, and, and I and I hope people do know that name was offensive, but I think even those who, who are on the other side are saying, you know what, I'm glad the team is having me a part of the process to truly pick a name in the future, right, that's reflective of Washington, D.C., that's reflective of the football team and one that we can all rally and get behind. I mean, they have a whole website set up where fans can, can input submissions. You know, as you said, Julie is making sure fans know everything that's happening. The reason why I was hired with these new shows, we're giving fans behind-the-scenes content to what's happening, you know, with the organization. How cool is that? Like you said, we weren't, yeah. always, we weren't always treated to that. And so for me, it's been just amazing to be part of this process um, and to be with the team. And I'll say, when you join an organization, organization you want to make sure the culture is right you know we're creating a new culture in Washington and I've just been honored to be a part of it I mean Ron Rivera just hearing him talk right is inspiring Jason Wright inspiring Julie Donaldson inspiring right so for me to join the ORI I mean it was an easy yes Andy because again everything's moving in the right direction it's a new time in Washington it's an exciting new time in Washington and I think this is why fans are galvanizing back behind this team that they love and hold true um, you know just so dearly so I think again transparency Transparency is huge. Look, fans support the team. They're buying the merchandise. You know, when they can get back in the stadium, they'll be buying tickets to the games, right? You know, they're paying their cable subscription bills to make sure that they can watch these games. You need to be loyal to your customers, to your fan base, because at the end of the day, that's who supports you. That's who makes sure that you continue to play on Sundays, our Monday nights, our Thursday nights. And so I think that's what we're seeing happen in Washington. You see the diversity in Washington. We're making sure that there's a wide range of thought there so that we can move the needle forward um, in a positive way. And so I think this never behind the scenes access, this never before thing, seeing things that are happening in Washington, I think fans truly should be excited because as you said, it wasn't always that way, but you know what, we're moving forward. We're looking forward to the future and you know, each day is a new day. And I think it's, it's a new day for fans to just continue to, to love our Washington football team, Andy. Yeah, I mean, as you said there, Kelsey, you're the host now of The Fit and The Life. Tell our listeners, obviously, you have some people over here in the UK who might not have seen it yet. Tell us about the shows, what it involves, what we get to see now with you as the uh, new host of uh, The Fit and The Life. 
Yes. Well, I'm so excited, I will say, to be the host of The Fit and the Life. I think they're two great shows that hopefully everyone will love, not because I'm on them, but because the content coming <laughs> out of them, okay? I love the content that we're putting out. The Fit is one I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're talking about the fashion trends and the music behind these players, right? And as we know, a lot of these times when these players are going into games, Andy, they look pretty fly, right? They've got the nice yeah. suits and bags. And as you know, you know, clothes are just something that you buy. I think a lot of times, you know, Clothes talk about your personality, right? Where you come from and where you've been. And so we're telling that story. And then the music playlist, of course, we know sports and music kind of go hand in hand, right? Like every rapper wants to be an athlete and a lot of athletes want to be rappers or vice versa, right? <laughs> so it's kind of like combining that. So I think it's gonna be a really fun show where fans get to know them more and transitioning over to the life. The life is one I'm also super, super excited about because the life is talking about players' lives off of the football field, right? So we're talking about their hobbies. You know, what did they do during COVID-19? Uh, talking about new additions to their families, like learning so many things about these guys um, that they do, you know, like, like what kind of car are you driving? Um, you know, learning about their families, learning about how they got to the position that they are in today. So I think it's going to be so much fun. The Fit's going to be like a five to eight minute show each week. Like yeah. it's going to be about a 30 minute show each week. And because you're Andy, I'll make sure I tell you. So I'm excited because um, on The Fit, I'm so excited I got to talk to Antonio Gibson and, and how much fun he was. So wow. that'll be um, coming out very shortly, very soon. And then on the life, we highlighted Jimmy Moreland and talked to his family, old coaches. Like, I mean, his story is incredible. And of course, talked about some of the latest trending news um, going across the NFL. So it's going to be fun. Like I said, I think the fit is one too, where we'll do sneaker releases and debuts. So for all the sneaker heads out there, it's going to be a lot of fun for you. And the life, I think, will really bring fans closer to who the team is, right? Because a lot of times you only see what they do on the football field. But do you really know your favorite player on Washington football? team and if you don't well I'll, i will make sure you do <laughs> oh fantastic well i'm looking forward to it it's going to be really good to uh to watch you kelsey um kelsey <laughs> well i've got you here what does the 2020 season hold as a fan now what are you hoping for from this football team this coming season yes. yeah so this coming season and actually and if you don't mind oh my gosh i almost forgot i added one more show with the washington football team it's washington unfiltered which is which will basically be we have seven new digital shows. It'll be a recap of all of those shows. And everyone can watch that on Saturdays on NBC Sports Washington that I'm hosting. So essentially all the different shows that we have out now, I'll be recapping it for everyone. So if you miss anyone, catch Brilliant. those Saturday mornings. But the 2020 season, you know, I think we have a young team. We have a team that we're looking at building the future with. Um, you know, I think we're all rallying behind what we think Dwayne Haskins can be. I think we're all seeing, you know, Ron Revere being the great coach that he is, but he's also obviously letting us into his strength struggles that he obviously is having right now, um, you know, fighting that cancer. But I think, you know, and then with the addition of Jason Wright, I think we're seeing a team that's really rebuilding and getting stronger. And I think when we saw that comeback win, Andy, from that Philadelphia Eagles game, we knew we saw some of the greatness of what this team could be. And again, yeah, it's definitely there. <laughs> it's there, right? The talent yeah. is there. It's just putting it all together. And it's not as easy as people think. And I know here in Washington, of course, you know, preparing for the Battle of Beltway, which is something that we all look forward to because I know if people aren't from the DMV, they don't know. But like the DMV is really DC, Maryland, Virginia. Baltimore is kind yeah. of its own pocket. And so we're separated by like, 29, 30 miles, the two teams are so different and have such different, you know, identities. And so when they meet and match up, it's just a fun time. And so I think especially that's going to be a very, I think that's going to be the toughest test for them yet this season. So we'll really see what they're made of. But if anything, Andy, I think we're seeing what this team can do with adversity. I don't think anyone came into the season saying they're going to win every game. It's not about that. It's the learning methods. And, and really, honestly, though, if you look at it, how they can compete in the NFC East. And, you know, and I think from what we've seen, we've seen so many glimpses of hope. Um, we've seen so much new talent, you know, and I think we've seen a lot of 
a lot of growth that can happen with this team. So I think over the course of the season, I think we're going to see a solid team. I think we're going to see a team that gets closer together, um, especially after all that happened this offseason. I think we're going to see a team that we want to rally for and a team that we want to fight with, you know, and I think we're going to see an exciting cool. team. Look at what Chase Young has done. He's galvanized us all, right, behind yeah. Washington um, with his skills and his talent and even the Alex Smith story. I mean, that speaks for itself, right? Like, I mean, just a team that can get through anything. So I think there's a lot to look forward to. What a time to be a Washington football team fan, right? Yeah, it definitely is. It's interesting times ahead. But Kelsey, from me to you, thank you so much for coming on to, uh, to the DC Tweet Team podcast. You uh, you inspire me. I watch all the, the content that you do. So from me to you, don't just keep knocking on doors. Keep kicking them down. Oh, I like that. Keep <laughs> bursting through them because you are doing an amazing job, Kelsey, out there in Washington. And I wish you nothing but success for the future, my friend. And thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Best wishes to you. I love this podcast. Keep it up. I see big, big, big things coming, Andy. You're awesome. Uh, Thank you very much, Kelsey. I'll talk to you soon and all the best. Stay safe. Thanks so much. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.